0: On a Wednesday, happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff, the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Hour three of the program, we are now in the midst of it. Dan Murphy's going to join us in just a couple minutes here. Hour three of the Halbro experience is brought to you by Campbell and Pound real estate appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at Campbell-Pound.com today. Finally, before we get to Murph, well, we got some other stuff to do as well, but take care of the Kintec side of business, Jason. Tell the fine folks about Kintech Footwear and Orthotics. Well, we are coming to you live from the Kintech
1: studio. Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics
0: provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit. At kintech.net. Murph's going to join us in just a moment here as we preview tonight's Canucks Lightning game, 7 o'clock Rogers Arena. A friendly reminder that in about a half hour's time, we're giving away a whole bunch of stuff here at Halbro, Halbro Incorporated. We're not quite incorporated yet. Uh, we're giving away two sets of tickets, two, count them, one, two, to the Canucks Avs game, Friday night Rogers Arena. 7 o'clock puck drops. That's a fun Friday night there. You get off work. Everybody's working for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Go see the Avs, the defending Stanley Cup champions. They're on a bit of a heater right now. So we're giving away two pairs of tickets to that. <laughs> two-game heater. Hey, two-game heater. 650-650 uh, is the Dunbar Lumber text line. If you want the tickets, send it what we learned. The hashtag is WWL. You need a ticket emoji on that text as well. What did you learn over the last 24 hours in sports? We are also giving away... A $50 Clayton Public House gift card and two, two reserve seats to join Sportsnet 650 and Randeep Janda to watch the big game on Super Sunday, February 12th. It's going to be a super time, a bowl of good times, if you will. Anyway, if you want to enter that grand prize draw, also send it what we learned, but put a football emoji and that's the American pigskin variety football. Emoji.
1: Yeah, we are in North America, so when we say football, it's understood that that's what it is. We aren't in your
0: European soccer world yet.
2: Yeah, at no point did it soccer ball cross my mind when you say the yeah. word football.
0: That's because you, you. you guys are uh, xenophobes, both of you. Mm-hmm. You're not as worldly as I am. I mean, I don't know how else to say it, but I am far more cultured. You than... live in Canada. Football is football. Soccer is soccer. Fitball. I don't even know what accent that was. That's how global I am. I have so many different accents at my disposal. You're rubbing your temples. Greg's laughing at me. It's, God, time to... it's, hard, it's hard to work with you sometimes, is I'll it, be honest with you. Is yeah. it? Is yeah. it really? Uh, let's go to a guy that's really easy to work with, Dan Murphy, Sportsnet's very own, our uh, Canucks Insider, brought to you by Freeway Mazda. He joins us now on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Murph? Just driving in the dark and the rain, you know? Is it still dark outside? It's, out it's eight o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah, we I I went and got uh, I went got, I went and got a refill on my coffee at seven thirty, mm-hmm. and it was pitch black outside. Yeah, yeah. That's I what That's what that's what happens in the winter here, Mike. I don't get a chance in to look. in the summer. The days will be longer. I am working so hard that I actually don't get a chance to look outside between the hours of six and nine a.m. Mm-hmm. I don't get that. That's not a luxury I get. And I, I did it today finally and. Uh, wasn't great. It was dark. Hey, anyway, Murph. Uh, uh,
1: uh, 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 I'm, yeah. Before Halford just start, starts talking on and on about the weather and how dark it is, like this is the first time he's ever lived in Vancouver, uh, let's talk about the next few opponents that are coming into Vancouver. It's Tampa Bay tonight, Colorado on Friday, and Edmonton on Saturday. Which one do you think is the most compelling in terms of the opponent?
3: Oh, boy. Uh, I would say probably Colorado for me at this point. Um, I think we know what Tampa is. I think the most maybe compelling storyline is Tampa with Stamco sitting on 499. And if he's going to be the sixth player to score his fifth, or 500th against the Vancouver Canucks, his <laughs> five guys have done it already. Uh, and I can go through that with you if you want. But I think it's still Colorado just because of the injuries that they sustained. Uh, out of the playoffs, looking in, um, and they need to claw their way back in somehow. Uh, I, I looked it up when we were in Tampa um, and then uh, went into Florida. The last time that a president's trophy-winning team and the Stanley Cup champions didn't make the playoffs was 2015, I believe. I, I was surprised it was that, mm-hmm. that recent, but that was the Bruins and the Kings. Um, so I think for me it's, it's Colorado. Can they hang around long enough until some of these guys come back? Uh, because I think I think it would be shocking, regardless of injuries, um, if the Avs didn't make the playoffs. So I think as a team, they're the most compelling. As a storyline, it's likely, um, you know, Stamkos, and just in the, in the sure joy of watching, it's probably McDavid.
1: Do you think the Avs will make the playoffs? And if you do, who's the most likely to fall out of a position? Could it be the opponents that come to Rogers Arena on Saturday, the Edmonton Oilers?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I I just, I don't like betting against Connor McDavid and, um, you know, and then they they just got Kane back. Uh, I think that those guys can really outscore their flaws enough to get there. I think they've won four straight now. I I just don't see them faltering enough. Uh, And before the season, I thought that perhaps Calgary would be the better team, than Edmonton, but I I almost have to flip-flop now. I think that if if one of the two Alberta teams is going to miss, I would say it's Calgary. That's just in in my head. I could be totally wrong with that. But um, I was always defaulting to goaltending, and I thought Markstrom would have a a better year than he's having. In fact, like, Vladar might be their guy here if it keeps going this way. So, I don't know. The Predators are starting to win. Like, it's becoming uh, far more interesting. I, I thought like around christmas that maybe seattle would drop off and then they come back and win seven straight on the road. So a good a good team is going to miss maybe you know maybe even to LA. You know, I don't know. I
1: think LA might um, might be, might be team a team that falls like out. I always look at goal differential to see the quality of a team and it, I think it's interesting that LA has a negative goal differential, but they have a 5 point yeah. cushion on the likes of Edmonton and Calgary as well.
3: Yeah, but their goaltending is kind of in flux. I know that they're, you know, they're getting uh, journeymen is helping them out right now. I would say for me, it's I have the least faith in LA of the teams currently in, uh, despite the cushion that they have.
1: Who do you think? Uh, what would be the biggest story of a team missing? Would it be Colorado being the defending Stanley Cup champs and missing? Would it be Edmonton with McDavid and Drysaddle, or would it be Calgary? Who are almost the definition of a win now team? Considering like they they committed big money in term to Jonathan Huberto and Nazem Qadri. Uh Huberto is is he almost thirty? Is he twenty nine? And Kadri is into his thirty. So like they need to they need to get going. Otherwise, those contracts could tur- quickly turn into negative assets.
3: Yeah, I, I think the biggest story in my mind. I don't think it's Colorado because they won last year. They've had a ton of injuries. And nobody, nobody would be surprised if they came back next season, won it again.
1: Right, like right. That's that's yes. my
3: rationale. I think it's Edmonton because if they've somehow missed, what now? Right, you're burning the the prime years of the best player in the game, and for them to miss the playoffs, I mean, you, you would go into next season saying, I don't know if they're going to make it again. Like, are they going to make the playoffs? I don't know. So I, I would think the biggest story, just because of the names of the players on the team and, you know, quite frankly, McDavid and, and dry said but namely McDavid, if they miss the playoffs, who cool boy, like what do people start talking about then? Like when is his contract up? Um, you know, that's a few more years. Are they going to be able to get out of the hump or is he going to want to vote for greener pastures once this contract is done? So I, I think Edmonton to me would be the biggest story purely because of the McDavid angle.
1: What was the biggest takeaway for you from the press conference with Jim Rutherford earlier in the week?
3: Well, see, in TV, my producers say you've got, like, after the press, you've got two and a half minutes to tell the story. So you really have to cut to the chase about what was the most important thing uh, or things that you can tell in two and a half because, I mean, you guys listened to it. There was a million takeaways from that press conference. Yep. The reason it was held was because of the Pearson news. And, you know, I was trying to find if I could even get that in the story. I mean, there was a reason for the presser, but then big picture stuff took over. So my biggest takeaways, and this is the way I did the story, I started with, uh, you know, management misread the situation. It's not minor surgery, it's major surgery. That was my first takeaway. But even though the second takeaway was, even though it's major surgery, It's not a major rebuild, according to management. They think there's three years there by bringing in players that are already in the NHL that have some upside. And then after that, I went to Bo, and then I finished with Bruce in terms of sound, and then I did my stand-up on Pearson. So I think the biggest thing to me was that this management group realizes it's major surgery, but even saying that, they don't think it needs a major rebuild. And I think that probably... You know, that there's some, some alarms going off for people in this market just because that's very similar to what the last management grip, do, grip did. Now, maybe this these guys can identify better players than what we saw in the last go around, like the, the Edoms and the Bear Cheese, um, you know, the Pouliots. I think you could even throw Good Branson in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, can they identify uh, better players? I, I don't think they're going to trade Bo Horvat for a reclamation project. I think they're going to try to hit home run with that with a player that's if he's not in the league now, he's going to be and he's going to be very good. And then whatever other assets. But in terms of signing players and moving other ones, um, you know, it's a very dangerous game. And and the only thing I, I didn't I mean, I appreciate Rutherford's candor. I appreciate his transparency. But the one thing that I didn't quite understand is when he said, how is betting on one of these players that hasn't lived up to their entry-level contract, a guy that might need a fresh start, how is betting on that any different than betting on a draft pick? Well, because the draft pick hasn't failed yet.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The draft pick you is know, like so you've, got think- the, you've got the open decision of taking whatever guy that you want. Their stock isn't down.
3: So that that was kind of my you know th- th- those are the two main takeaways for me. But man, there was um, a lot of quality sound bites and sound bites that can live on for a long time.
0: Has there ever been a press conference like that in the history of the Vancouver Canucks? I really do wonder. I know there's been some uh, famous or infamous ones, but in terms of like stamina and length of performance, it was almost an hour long in terms of in terms of content. It was like, there was, like you said, there was like 18 takeaways. I like the
1: Rocky analogy that Jim Rutherford was Rocky. And yeah. he was like, cut me, Mick. I just want to keep going just here. Just want
0: to get back out there, right? Like, you know, <laughs> the you know, the, the players should have many that many kind of, of determination.
3: Yeah, all of many, I'll answer as many questions as these guys want to ask. Because he knew that, you know, I think they wanted to be transparent in, in what they were doing with Pearson, and they wanted the doctors up there to say, this is our procedure. This is how it's handled. This is how it's always been handled, regardless of you know, who has been in the medical staff. And you know, we didn't do anything any different. But I mean, Rutherford knew that once he called that press conference, the Pearson thing, although it might have led, was going to be secondary at best. He knew he was going to get asked about Boudreaux. He knew he was going to get asked about Bo. He knew he was going to ask about the plan. So, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I give him credit because the one thing he did do is here's our plan. This is how we plan to do it. And now it's up to us to execute it. And I don't think we ever really saw a real coherent plan told to us by the last regime.
1: Yeah, it's just about execution now, isn't it? Like, it's, it's like, this is yep. what we're going to do. We know what they're doing. And he just has to find good players. He, he has very little wiggle room or, or margin for error. You know, error. People will point out, well, he found a pretty good defenseman in Ethan Bear. But, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, now go find five or six more good players and do it in like a year because for him, the timeline to turn things around is quick. I thought one of the more fascinating back and forth was the one that he had with Drantz, where he he actually kind of flipped the question on Drantz, and he said, "Well, what do you consider a quick turnaround?" And Drantz said, "Well, three years." And he was like, oh, three three years? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, like three <laughs> years. That's and I and I'm kind of joking, like, well, I thought you were going to say like three months or something like that, you know? So he's kind of laid out a timeline for improving the team, and I would say improving the team rather dramatically in you know one or two years. Yeah, I mean, and there's a few
3: things here. Like, you can't afford, if indeed Horvat's going to be traded, and it sure sounds like it, right? It's, it's like he's priced himself out of this, this situation. You can't miss on that one. You need a player that comes back right now and is going to play, and whether that's a young right-shot D or that's a centerman that's you know, a little bit younger does not make it as much as, as Bo is going to make, right? Um, but, you know, what kind of throws the situation in flux for a quick turnaround is if Bo's not there, like, is Miller a center like he showed last year, or is he just a winger like yeah. he's showing this year?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Like, that's a big, big question mark. Um, you know, if he's not a center, then there's there's some bigger problems for this management group to figure out how you're going to work out down the middle. Uh, so, you know, it. You know, I think we could say, we could sit here and say, if this group right now had... Two top four defensemen and a healthy Demko, right? Two top four defensemen that were good. and a Two more top say, four okay. defensemen, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Two more. Someone to play with Hughes and then another one. Yep. And Demko is healthy. You could say, all right, I could see this team like giving teams problems. Are they championship caliber yet? Probably not. But they would not be an easy out. So I think you still need to identify the, the defensemen. And if those gone, I think you really still need to find a centerman. And then you go from there. I don't know if players you have in this roster now will help you get that. The like Garlands, the besters of the world. Um, but they're going to have to figure, figure out a way how to do it. And that's why I think the Horvat trade is just so, so important for this group. And, and you know, thank goodness, guys, that the season is kind of going the way it is. Or as, as, you know, Rutherford said, I thought we were tanking. Imagine if this group was, you know, where Seattle is, and you realized you probably didn't have the money to sign Horvat. <laughs> Can
1: Wouldn't you imagine? Be,
3: like, just terrifying.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what What's we that talked case? about, you know, and and we originally thought the story would be J T. Miller in that situation, but the story actually ended up being Bo Horvat in this situation. Would management really? have the commitment, which they said they do, to if you can't sign your pending UFAs, you should hate them. And you're right. Imagine if they were in the situation that Seattle is. Because Seattle isn't guaranteed of making the playoffs, but it looks like they're going to. Imagine if the Canucks were five points above the playoff bar and then they're forced to trade Bo Horvat or they make the decision to trade Bo Horvat and then they fall out. How would that look? I mean, you're right. I mean, and that's why you're the house positivity guy, Murph. You know, like you're always looking at the silver linings of the Canucks being well out of the playoff picture. Enjoy the games this week. Enjoy the rain. Um, I believe the sun is going to come up if it has not already, so Halford will go outside and be like, hey, it's light out. It's not dark anymore. I guess that's how it works. It's It's brightening. It's brightening,
3: but it is pouring. That's
1: foreign. Well, Murph, you brighten our day. That's the worst. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. I resign. Have a good day, buddy. I'll
0: take it. I'll take it. Thanks, buddy. See ya. Bye, Murph. Thanks. Uh, Dan Murphy, Sportsnet's very own here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. uh, Dan Murphy was a presentation of Freeway Mazda, Canada's number one consumer rated Mazda dealer.
1: Where do you think Horvat's going to go? I saw Fridge. Someone texted it in that Fridge was uh, maybe talking during the uh, Leafs game last night yep. that Boston. I've been saying it is I've a been candidate saying it. for Horvat. Well, Andy's time. been saying it long so time now. It probably won't happen. No, well, but I wonder if they look at Horvat in the same way that they look at Hampus Lindholm. In that Hampus Lindholm came to the Boston Bruins and he got an extension. And he has been one of their best players.
0: They've done that a few times. Because
1: they're similar ages, right? They're similar. They're similar. Like, if you look at Boston's cap friendly page, it is incredible. I I hate them. How many pending UFAs they have, including David Posternak, who, if the Bruins are hoping to remain competitive, they better get that guy Mm -hmm. under contract. And that's going to be a huge contract. But, like, they've got other guys that are that are pending UFAs, right? Like like Bergeron. And I'm sure he's on uh, kind of a year-to-year basis with the Bruins, and he doesn't look like he's anywhere close to retirement, but David Krejci as well. What if David Krejci is kind of like, hey, I want to come back, but this is going to be my last year. You know, he's 36 years old. Could they look at Horvat and say, you're our David Krejci replacement?
0: Yeah, I think absolutely. And I think you're, the blueprint for Lindholm is also similar to the one – that uh, that they did with Taylor Hall. Remember, they, they acquired Taylor Hall at the deadline from yep. Buffalo.
4: I think you guys are missing why it's going uh, to happen, though. The reason this is going to happen yes. is because the worst possible scenario for Canucks fans is for Horvat to get traded to the Bruins of all teams. Mm-hmm. Then they win the cup this year, and we have to watch Bo Horvat lift a cup with the Boston Bruins. I have to admit— That's why it's going to happen.
1: I have to admit, I'm getting over the Bruins thing. <sighs> I wouldn't, ah, I wouldn't like that very much. Ah man, it's been a decade. We've got to move on with our lives. Um, I will never get over the Stanley Cup final and how it went, but I think I'm getting closer closer to just being over my
0: Bruinsade. The interesting thing is that the flashpoint – Like Bergeron, the- you have to appreciate oh, how good I, a
1: player he Bergeron is. is right? incredi- like, oh, of he's incredible. Of course. The you f- know,
0: like he's he, he's one of the
1: you know the the greatest complete hockey players we've seen
4: ever. Dude, I'd love I'd love Marshawn on my team. Like mm-hmm. I mean I'm a mean, to Cox fans hate him, but if he was on did he you hear you I just You
1: just said he loved Marshawn. If you respect them, I the bad guys. I yeah, I would, would not. think, I would not go that There's far. Not a single There's not a
4: single hockey fan alive that wouldn't want that would on want that guy on their team. He's exactly the kind of guy you want. He's so good, which is one I the reasons I I It's a very complicated set of emotions. Yeah.
0: The rivalry against Chicago was more fierce than the rivalry against Boston. Oh, of course it was, absolutely, because it went on on for so much longer. Right. And there were – and the other thing with the Boston is – with the Boston. I sound like my grandpa. Um, The other thing with Boston is a lot of the guys that were integral – Members of that twenty eleven team were gone, right? We, of course, yeah. yeah. So now you look at them, and it's a it's, shell of that team, and <laughs> we and we've all kind of come around on Marshawn to a certain degree, where we begrudgingly acknowledge that he's a fantastic talent. Yeah, it, it, I'll never forget thinking like this is a career rat seeing him in twenty eleven, mm-hmm. and I was way off on that. And yeah, I, he's, I, he's I a think- terrific
1: hockey player. Here is the thing: I don't hate any team. Right now, because the Canucks don't have a rivalry with anyone, you got to be good to have. Well, a rivalry. I think I, I, I've I've felt <laughs> I some. Thing. I've I've felt I've felt some strong feelings for the Canucks. Mm. Like they're the team that is probably the bane of my existence.
2: The right Canucks now. rivalry. It's is not themselves. Chicago. It's not
1: Boston. It's the Canucks. <laughs> How much of the right? thing like, was just
2: the fact that Boston fans are kind of jerks, though? Is that that probably had something to do with it, right?
1: Yeah, that played a part.
2: I feel me, like Boston me, fans are on me. another level in terms of. the... Poking and prodding when it comes. Well, to that kind I think of
1: stuff. I think there was. I'll fully admit it. I was envious of Boston fans, and I still am. So, what is the main? They've question? had they've had an incredible run of success, and people are like, "Well, wow, the Patriots are done now." Yeah, but like the Celtics could win the NBA title, the Bruins could win the Stanley Cup, the Red Sox are always like they're they always have that potential because they've got the deep pockets. They seem to have like good year, bad year, good year, bad year, like they go back and forth, right? but they always have that ability to be a good baseball team. What has happened to Boston over the last, what is it, stretching to two decades now? It is unprecedented. Since 2004, really. Yeah, you could be a
4: 20-year-old yeah. living in Boston and, like, every year you see a team win a championship.
1: We talk about the lack of big games that we've got to enjoy in Vancouver over the last little while. And that I'll extend that to the BC Lions. I'll extend that to the Vancouver Whitecaps. I'll even extend that to the Seattle Seahawks. Boston hosted the winter classic and it was like a pretty cool event at Fenway. And it was just like, just another weekend in Boston where we have this cool event to go to and celebrate. It's true. Right? Like they have
0: over and over again. And it is unfair, and I feel sorry for myself. Just to put a bow on the bow to Boston talk, um, I don't know if Boston's got a ton of great assets to send in return. I know that they're light on draft capital. I know they have their first, but I think they they don't have second-round picks this year and the following year. And prospect-wise, they've only drafted in the first round two of the last five years. They do have former Vancouver Giant Fabian Lysel, Greg, I'm sure you're familiar with his body work as you sip on your tea and yes. nod in my direction. What Very are we, good Vancouver Giants reference. What are we looking at there? If that's a, oh. let's just let's start <laughs> connecting some dots here. He's excellent. He's okay. uh yeah he's, he's, he's going to point a game guy in the American League.
2: Yeah, no, he's he's a great playmaker, and I think Giants fans know what he's to a what's winger though, isn't he?
0: Myself. Right, that's where this is the old beggars can't be choosers. If you're going to go that road, and that's a fit, uh, I
1: think Rutherford. I think I think this Canucks management group is going to be
0: laser focused on you centers could, and defenses. You run. could get an asset and then flip that asset again, right? Yeah, in theory. When does that ever happen, though? You know, acquiring someone in the trading. Yeah. It
1: happens on occasion, yeah, not that often. <laughs> NHL general managers aren't creative enough. Uh, you're listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Text in your what we learns into the Dunbar Lumber text line. It is the smart alternative. Visit Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner or in Vancouver, online at dunbarlumber.com. We will read your what we learns on the other side. And don't forget, we've got some giveaways. We've got the hockey tickets, so put in a ticket emoji. Uh, we've got the football party, so put in the football emoji if you want to win those. You're listening to the Alfred and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. My favorite part of the show. Well, that's say? Talk to the audience. Oh God,
0: this is always death. Eight thirty-three on a Wednesday. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet six fifty. Halford Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Hour three of the program. We are in the middle of it. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are bypassing all four of us and are what we learned. We learned nothing. Nothing. We're going straight to the humanoids, and I am in charge of announcing the winners of the two pairs of tickets to go see the Canucks and Avs on Friday night and the $50 gift card and a pair of seats to see the big game on Super Sunday. We're ready to do this. Okay.
1: They put you in charge of something? It's the only way we can get them to read what we learned. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) You know what? If you give me a task, (laughs) I'm like a small child. If you give me one task, I will do that task. (laughs) But if there's too many of them, I get overstimulated and I start asking for juice. Okay. First winner, ding, 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 Buddy from Surrey. Congratulations, Buddy from Surrey. He wins with the following what we learned. Hashtag WWO what we learned. Mike and Jason have the emotional fortitude of the Dalai Lama. They wake up every morning and report on this team of chaos. It really must feel like a decade of groundhog days of sports sadness. P.S., you guys are my favorite radio show, hands down. You guys dominate. Buddy, flattery will get you nowhere except to Rogers Arena on Friday. (laughs) Congratulations, (laughs) bud. You have won a pair of tickets to go see the Canucks and Avalanche. Friday night, Rogers Arena, 7 o'clock puck drop. Uh, You were going to float a theory... Uh, absurdism, as it pertains to the Vancouver Canucks, as we talk about emotional fortitude, Groundhog's Day, the absurdity of it all. There's actually, what, what is it? It's a, it's a philosophical. Approach. So this all, this
1: all. Why don't I take it over from now? This all comes from Words. the question yes. um, that I had. How can we still enjoy following the Canucks on a day-to-day basis when they're going through a tough? time like this I'm not talking about being a blind faith fan that's not for me and it never will be um you know I'm never going to be the type that says well like I just trust what this management is going to do and like I'm never going to not have opinions, and if I don't believe in a strategy, I'm going to say so. Like, I, I don't – you know, that's not me. If you want to be a blind faith fan, like, go for it. Like, if man, it sounds great.
0: It's a simpler life.
1: Um, I also enjoy the gallows humor part of, part of being a Canucks fan. Like, I do. Um, I like those jokes. But kind of like hating the Boston Bruins, I feel like it's getting a little bit old. I miss the days of making fun of other teams and having a leg to stand on. Like, sure. don't you miss that? Like, as, as a fan of a team, like, we can sure, sure, we can miss. Like, it, let's say the the Leafs miss the playoffs again or, or make the playoffs but lose in the first round again. Like, yeah, it'll be funny, but we'll kind of be like, yeah, we can't even make the playoffs. It's right? getting, like, a, we, little, we it's getting a little their, less, their... it's getting a little less funny yeah, every time. Yeah, it's, it's, Sadly. it's not as fun making fun of other teams when your team is arguably the most disappointing team. In the National Hockey League, um, so which brings me to this philosophy of absurdism. Did you ever take any philosophy? I courses? minored in philosophy. You might have. You heard of absurdism? I have. I okay, have. I'm so, just playing the fool. Yeah, maybe we just need to embrace the idea that being a Canucks fan is absurd. We have no control over what's going to happen, so just enjoy the ride as best we can. And if that comes with gallows humor, or maybe it comes with the the possibility in your mind that. So much of what happens in hockey is dependent on luck. Mm-hmm. And Jim Rutherford actually, I think, might have mentioned this or Drantz mentioned it certainly. Like we, the Canucks could go through this, in theory, in theory. The Canucks could go through this season where it looks like they have no hope whatsoever. You're like, man, the team is capped out. They're probably going to have to trade their captain. They don't even have a good prospect group. You know, like, where is it going to happen? And then they just hit the. Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Like, it could happen. I know people always say, well, the Canucks never win. Yeah, so they're due. Right? It could happen. And this philosophy of absurdism, I'm not going to do it justice. So if any of you philosophy majors out there, all the ones that listen to the Alvin and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. It's quite the, quite the crossover. Basically, the philosophy is life is meaningless, but you got to keep living anyway. Mm-hmm. Or it's something like that. But that seem, seems appropriate for us as Canucks fans. We have chosen our team. We are not going to support another team. So let's just keep living life as Canucks fans. Let's just kind of do our best.
0: Uh, Sisyphus is the symbol. The myth game. of Sisyphus. Canucks, right. Okay, next year, life <laughs> life is meaningless.
1: Life is meaningless, <laughs> but you got to keep living anyway. You guys
4: are going to really put that on a banner? No, no, no. We're going with yeah. this. It's
1: going to work. So the myth, the myth of <laughs> yeah. Sisyphus was, I think it was a French philosopher, Camus. That came up with this idea, like the Sisyphus was the guy that but rolling was, the rock up, the rolling hill. the rock up the hill. And it comes back, and you know it comes back, and you got to keep doing. You got to keep doing. That's it. all he did for his entire and, life. And I guess what he did was he imagined Sisyphus actually happy, because he's like, I know this is what I've got to do. This I'm is not going to worry about the future. I'm just going to keep doing it. Keep rolling that rock. I'm just going to keep rolling yeah. that rock up the hill, and then it goes down. And, and you know what? It's good exercise. The Canucks I've are, never been in better the, shape. The
0: Canucks are going to have Finn come out, and like his he's going to roll this gigantic rock up to the 300 level and just roll back down to the 100 level. And That's gonna be his existence for the rest of time
1: so uh, the people listening right now are like these guys have officially lost their minds yeah. and they're they're, like yeah that's that that's, is true that's but not up for debate life is absurd can being a Canucks fan is absurd but we just got to keep doing it okay uh, what's your
0: what do you we gotta get back to reading what we learned yeah put that aside for a moment I'm sure it won't be a problem for many of you uh the next winner of the Canucks tickets Friday night Rogers arena against the Colorado Avalanche Kevin MR. I'm assuming this is Kevin in Maple Ridge. I don't. Kevin, mister. Yeah, it's the inverse of Mr. Kevin. This is his alter ego, Kevin, mister. Hashtag WWO, what we learned. Halford's weird chef metaphor finally makes sense of the Canucks play. They are playing deconstructed hockey. Ah. I don't get that. I I don't watch watch chef shows. uh, A lot of the fine dining, the the really, like, I don't want to. Pretentious dining. The five-star five dining yeah. like it's like it's, uh, it's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich deconstructed onto a plate, so there's like a crumb of rye bread in the corner. Oh, and then I see a dollop.: of... In reality,
2: they just messed up whatever the meal was and it fell apart. Yeah: And oh, it's,
0: it's uh, it deconstructed. Yeah. What if the sandwich was eight individual parts of the plate?: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kevin then goes on to add. it also explains why the opponents have been feasting on the Canucks this year. So well done to you. Kevin and Mr. Wherever that is, uh, five star dining, and you get a pair of tickets to go see the Canucks and the Avalanche play on Friday night.
1: Maple Ridge, isn't it? Yeah, or is, is there a Mount Royal Mount- in Montreal? Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's probably not that. <laughs> it's probably not, not that. Uh, you got one more to do here. Is there
0: a Mount, Ro- <laughs> there a Mount Royal somewhere? I'm oh, just there- go
1: putting together MRs. I can't be bothered. To I don't know. It out. sounds like some someplace on the island. I'm sure it's Maple Ridge. Okay.
0: Uh, finally, from Rager, Rager wins the $50 gift card and a pair of seats to hang out with, among other people, Sportsnet 660's Randeep Janda for the big game on Super Sunday on February 12th. Rager, what we learned is that while the Canucks have been spinning their wheels trying to retool, the Montreal Canadiens have gone to the Stanley Cup final, traded a bunch of people away for picks, and now get two lottery chances at our hometown kid, Connor Bedard, that will help them overtake us in a couple of years. But hey, let's just keep retooling. That's a pretty, uh, pretty good synopsis there, Rager. Got that in in 100 words or less.
1: Well, let's move on here, Dan, with what we learned with uh, Rafael Nadal losing last night. It's now Djokovic-Australian open to win. I-, I disagree. I think it's Felix auger Aliasims open to win. It's probably going to be Djokovic. Uh Djokovic no, no, is the, no. is the favorite. Uh if you look at the betting odds, he's actually like I'm looking at one book now, he's like minus 140 to win it. Yeah. Medvedev is the other guy that the odds makers are saying, uh, you know, if it's not Djokovic, it's probably going to be Medvedev, but there are two Canadians in the mix here, Oj Aliasim and Shapovalov. Um Felix is more favored than Shapovalov, and just because I think he's had such a successful last little while, but also I think we're all just – like, we know how talented he is. We're just waiting for him to get his big signature win.
0: Um Nadal lost in straight sets. He looked injured, by the way, too. Now he looks old. Yeah, right? he lost – breaking down. He lost to an American named Mackenzie McDonald, who also sounds like a draft-eligible prospect from Brandon. <laughs> um I've never heard of the guy before, but he – I mean, he wiped the floor with a banged up Nadal and so that's one story is you you might see the changing of the guard. The Canadians are the other big one mm-hmm. because there's a huge tournament for Bianca Andreescu. Uh and she lost. She's out. Yeah, that was a, sorry, correction. Right. It was a huge tournament for mm-hmm. her. That story has now taken a dramatic one eighty after she had it's a pretty reasonable upset in her yeah. first match. Uh Chapeau Felix, Layla, like all the first name people now, right? You're going to be paying very, all the first name, people. The first name people. You're going to be paying very close attention to
1: them. Uh, unsigned what we learned. Let's keep an eye on the silver linings plays. Okay. I'm happy to do that. Uh, it goes on. The Canucks now have a very valuable asset to trade in Bo Horvath. They can trade Luke Shen. Yes. They are finally realizing they need to trade Brock Besser. They could in a hurry accumulate a bunch of assets which which will help them over the next few years. They just need to get out of their own way. It's all about the execution now for Jim Rutherford. Yeah, right. this whole This whole idea that the Canucks haven't laid out a plan, I think that was um, – I don't think that's the case anymore. I mean, as opposed to Jim Rutherford actually, you know, like put, bringing out like a PowerPoint presentation, I think he laid it out. He wants the team to be uh, turned around in the next year or two. I don't know if that means a Stanley Cup contender. It certainly means making the playoffs. He needs to clear cap space. So that's number one job, clear cap space. Okay, go do it. And then he needs to identify players that are young, under 25 or 26 years old, but mm-hmm. not necess- not not draft picks, not that he's going to be against draft picks. But he said it like the words are right there for, oh, yeah. for you to read. Go read them. Like he is going to be targeting young players that have maybe not necessarily worked out on their ELCs. Or you know, even their second year. Don't get hung up on the ELC yeah. thing. Like he's looking for good young centers, good young defensemen, and even if you think, wow, that's going to be really hard to do, which I do think that, um, like that's the plan. Yeah. Now
0: it's just up to execution. You can criticize the plan if you want, but you can't say there's no plan. That's the plan. And good, you know what? Uh, we don't give enough credit. Well, really, to anybody, we're kind of sarcastic bastards of time but um I got to give credit because we spent a lot of time on this show you'll recall openly asking what the plan was what's going on here what's the direction how are they going to do this when are they going to do this in what manner what's the blueprint all these questions we asked well mm-hmm. we got our you know what we did we got our answers and we got them clearly and definitively like there's no um there's no gray area with what they're going to do here anymore, which is great. There's a bit of
1: gray area, in like he, he kind of says, like the problem isn't the core, but then he also goes on to say, like some of the core players might well, have to be traded. I think right? that was like, more just
0: like semantics, not to rule anything out. Sure, right? yeah. Uh, and, and and hey, uh, Rutherford went up there, and he, you know, he brought on all comers. It was as you mentioned, he's like, cut me, Mick. He was he was ready to go, and mm-hmm. he was candid, and he was open, he was forthright. We now know what the direction is. And, and, we, and we now know what the blueprint is, and you so can that's handicap. Good.
1: Yeah, you can handicap their odds of, of yeah. being successful. Feel uh, free to do that, but we know what Jim Rutherford needs to do and Patrick Alvin needs to do, and we know what their timeline is. So go do it, and then judge them based on what they've done.
0: Dempster Dan with a, what we learned, Laddie, I'm going to need your help here because I think you tweeted about this. Uh, hashtag WW what we learned. It looks like the Rogers Center is going to be more of a ballpark than a stadium once the renovations are done. What's going on? Did they, did they make a fan-friendly bar for Jays games that oh, Rogers are in?
2: Not just one bar, but I believe three new sections in the outfield. Really? So, yeah, they've uh, totally revamped the flight deck in center field. Okay. Uh, I believe it's now a area that you can rent out if you have like a big group of people that you want to bring to a game. Right. Uh, which is pretty cool. And then they, they just basically took out 3,000 seats from the outfield. Yeah. And turned it into party decks mm-hmm. oh, up sweet. in the, the 500 level, which is going to be. It actually know, looks kind of awesome. Yeah, it looks. Uh, yeah. There was a very similar thing so they did fun. in Denver. I was at the uh, Coors Field there. And the, the entire right field bleachers is a party deck. And it's yeah. like $5 tickets for, for college students to get in. You just yeah. go there for a bar, essentially. And there's a game on in the background, which is. Kind of the Vancouver Canadians approach is what you you say it. I'll
1: never, it is, I'll never the five, forget the five dollar tickets is like cover charge
2: yeah. to yeah. <laughs> a bar. Yeah,
0: No, seriously, that's what it is. Right? Well, they want to like get young know. people
2: out to these games, right? The, yeah. the demographic for baseball, of course, is getting older. Mm-hmm. So, what a better way to do it than put smart. a of bars in the outfield?
1: Yeah. No, down the line, the Blue Jays are probably going to build a new stadium, but it's pretty tough to do that, right? Like, that's a big, that's a big project, and I know they wanted to build a replacement yeah. for. Rogers center. And I know it's still in their plans, but for now they're making the best of things with Rogers center. And frankly, you know, if I were to go, if I were to be in Toronto this summer and a, the Jays were in town, I, I would love to go to one of those games. And I'd be in that party deck with all the young people because <laughs> I'm actually quite young. Well, they don't want to lose that spot, right? That where the, the Skydome or Rogers center is located. Yeah, is an awesome
2: spot. Yeah. Beautiful for transportation um, mm-hmm. and just where it's located in the city you'd have to tear it down and build on that spot. you is, is
1: imagine Can you imagine the job of tearing down Skydome? You'd need some trucks.. You,
2: you need, <laughs> you need a couple. Uh,
0: I'll never forget. It. I went, I went to a stag in Nashville a couple of years ago, and we went to a Nashville Sounds game that the AAA affiliate of the Milwaukee Brewers. Did they have the
2: guitar scoreboard while you were there?
0: They had a gigantic guitar shaped center field party zone. It was amazing, and I, I was like, I remember looking around and saying, "This is a AAA ballpark. Like I- everyone should emulate this." It was, it was fantastic.
1: You know how we talk about um, how much we love Nat Bailey Stadium here in Vancouver, and then sometimes we get into a conversation about could Vancouver support a major league baseball team? And there's going to be expansion happening in baseball, by the way. Like I think uh, Nashville might get a team. I think uh, Portland might get a team. The A's are probably going to move to Vegas. That's how Vegas is going to get its team. Uh, but there is going to be some – some new teams and some relocations, I think, in the next little while. I don't think Vancouver's going to get there. But wouldn't it be kind of cool if we could get – you wouldn't have to build a major league baseball stadium, but like a stadium that you went to in Nashville, maybe fifteen, twenty thousand 20,000 seats with lots of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you wouldn't necessarily have to support a major league team, but you could get back to AAA. Or yeah. do you like Nat like- so much that you don't want to even entertain that?
0: I like Nat Bailey. I mean, my, I mean, I
1: like it because it's close to where I live, so my, I can, My
0: in my rebuttal to that would be like, I wish they could have a soccer specific stadium for the Whitecaps because I think that would be awesome outdoor. Yeah, I would take
1: got, I would take that over a baseball stadium yeah. because we've already got Nat Bailey. And yeah. I Nat Bailey.
0: Nat Bailey's is great. It's perfect the way that it is. They don't need to change a thing.
1: Well, a second deck would be
0: nice, but it's obviously not. I don't think plans. Nat
1: Bailey is perfect the
2: way it
0: is. No, it's, it is. It's well, in the perfect
1: spot. It's Perfect. It's I love uh, it. Yeah. I think there could be more there, to a baseball stadium. I would like more it's access. I find quaint. the pro. The, I find the issue is that like they've got those party areas, but it's kind of limited to group sales. they are losing right? one. Are they losing the barbecue
2: one? area? Is going to be now for player facilities, right? Okay, and they want to put something on top of the facility, but yeah, they're, it's going to be different. You go to the Nat Bailey this
1: year; it's going to be looking different. Honest A B with what we learned. When watching almost any other NHL game, the speed of the game, the breakouts, and effort tell you just how far behind the Canucks are compared to the rest of the league. Yeah, I noticed that. And I think what you have to also recognize is that even though the Canucks are playing some pretty good opponents and they're going to be playing, you know, Tampa Bay tonight and Colorado on Friday, um, those teams, and you'll remember when the Canucks were like that, those teams don't get up for games against the Vancouver Canucks. No. Did you see the Boston-Toronto game the other day? Yes. It was terrific hockey. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, unbelievably competitive, and, you, and that, that had a playoff feel to it. And I'm not being sarcastic because I think those two teams know that they could probably face each other in the playoffs. You know, uh, those, those types of games, when there are those games that you're kind of like, wow, these two teams, like this is going to be a clash, do yourself a favor and tune into those games. For a reminder of how far the Canucks have to go.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I, we had a, what we learned here. A couple, actually, but I'll read the one from Mark in Vancouver. It's kind of funny. Uh, have you guys watched Breakpoint yet? It's going to do to tennis what Drive to Survive did to Formula One. Tell me I'm wrong or what we learned or whatever. That's from Mark in Vancouver. So, uh, Tell me uh, what I learned. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it yet, but there's been a number of people referencing it. Part of it is because it just dropped, right? Uh, I know that... Uh, Bianca was referencing it on her Twitter account, saying, "This is a great snapshot inside what life is like on the tour." Um, I did. I saw a thirty second snippet. I think it was in the tunnel prior to the Fre- the most recent French Open that Nadal won, uh-huh. and it's just I could I apologize for not knowing his opponent's name. Uh, they were just. It was just the two of them, and just in silence. And Nadal is going through all his calisthenics, and he just looks super fired up and super intimidating. And his opponent turns to someone and goes, how much longer do I have to stand here for? Because they were waiting to be introduced to go out. And mm. You could just tell that the, the gravitas and the, the <laughs> presence of Nadal was just getting to him. Yeah. It was a really cool behind-the-scenes moment. Um, so I'll be very interested to watch the rest of it. Uh, I do wonder, and I hate being the negative guy, but when we reach the oversaturation point, with all of these documentaries, right? It hasn't happened yet, but... God, you're so negative.
4: Well... What will it take? What will it be, like, a pickleball documentary or a hacky sack documentary? No. Like, what will it take there
0: will be you?
1: players being more guarded.
0: Well, you know, because we, we had Drive to Survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have the golf one, which I think we're all intrigued by. What's it called again? I forget now. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway. I think it's drive to survive, but golf.
4: <laughs> We're having one of their producers on the show. The about. other drive <laughs> with the golf stick.
0: Um, no, and then you're going to have the tennis one now that's out. I'll be I'll be very curious. Full swing, by the way. Full swing. Full swing. Thank full swing. you. Yeah. Okay. Um, the interesting thing. I think about, it depends like how how much you
1: like those sports. Well, right? the, the interesting about like the, golf, th- I'm looking forward to it because I love golf. I don't really care about
0: auto racing, or frankly, I'm not all that much into tennis. The interesting thing about these ones is they, they're all individual sports. I mean, mm-hmm. I understand that car racing yep. has, NF1 has huge teams behind them, but they've auto fall racing. <laughs> vroom, vroom with the car. <laughs> um, so I'll be really curious to see if they can make that next step into the team dynamic because there were two people have tried. And it's worked to limit it. To yeah. success, I would
1: Chad say. and Kelowna, what we learned, Fox News, BBC, Deadspin, and TMZ all picked up the Provorov story. Of course they did. The perfect story to argue. Yeah. It's the perfect story for clicks. It's the perfect story for everyone to get in their tribes and head on to Twitter and not think for themselves and just fight. Anyway. Guess who won't be doing that today? Mike Halford won't because he's going to bed. Yeah. And I won't because, I don't know, I'll probably take a nap too. Everyone. You can though. Go have fun. Go enjoy the endless culture wars that are playing out on social media. Enjoy.
0: If I can ever offer a good piece of advice and it goes across all ages... And every day of the week, it's take a nap. All right, we got to go. Signing off, I have been Mike Alfred. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A Dog. He's been Laddie. This has been the Alfred and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.